Hello, everybody, and welcome to episode 71 of UFO Encounters Worldwide. This is your host, Jesse Peak, MUFON field investigator in the state of Pennsylvania, city of Philadelphia. Today, we have special guest David Altman, the producer and creator for Tear in the Sky, the big documentary that came out last year. David's also been in Hollywood for over 20 years doing film. And he's also grown up in libraries researching the UFO phenomenon since he was very little like myself. So we have a lot of information to go over today. So strap on them seatbelts. We're going for a ride. Welcome to episode 71 of UFO Encounters Worldwide. This is your host, Jesse Peak, MUFON field investigator in the state of Pennsylvania, city of Philadelphia. And today's episode is sponsored by Set Apart Farms, helping veterans and their families with housing and therapy and so much more. Also, be sure to check out our new set, uh, event section on our website, where we'll be posting new monthly events every every month. Um, so you guys can go check that out and see if you want to come to a new event and uh, do something with your family or friends. Um, today, we have special guest, David Altman. David, welcome to the show. Hey, Jesse. Thanks for having me. Absolutely, man. I've been looking forward to this conversation. Uh, we've been talking on, on the internet for some time, and uh, now I finally get to get to know you a little more. So thanks for coming on. Hey, we've been speaking on the phone a little bit. There, oh, yeah, you know? we did. You're right. Absolutely. Yeah. <laughs> yeah with, uh, with my buddy, Dina. Yes. Yes. We'll, we'll get into that, too. Um, yes. So I guess... Uh, you know, I've seen that you, you grew up in libraries because your mom worked at a library. So, I mean, grandmother, grandmother, grandmother. OK, I'm sorry. Um, actually, and, actually, let me let me uh, rephrase that. Well, not rephrase it, but I'll just add another memory. I just have when you said that <laughs> my mom did volunteer in the library of my school for my fir in like first grade. So oh, okay. you were right. <laughs> <laughs> awesome. Awesome. Um, so I mean, back, I mean, what kind of books did you read? What were, what were the big ones that were in the library when you were growing up? So let me, let me go back and kind of explain this. So when I was about seven, eight years old, my parents got divorced and my mother and I went to live with my grandmother until we got our own place. And my grandmother was the head librarian in a, in a town called, uh, Kings Park, Long Island, New York. So my mom, being a single parent, had to get a job. So after school, I would just go to the library and my grandmother would just sit me down in front of all of the, they had, they had a series of, of universal monsters, which was Frankenstein, Dracula, the Wolfman, you know. All the and good ones. <laughs> the old school, universal monsters. Right. The black and white, Bela Lugosi, you know, Lon Chaney, <laughs> Boris Koloff. Yep. So obviously, I, the next step after I read each of those 10 times was to move on to something else. And of course, the next section over was Bigfoot, the Loch Ness Monster, the Yeti, all those books. And that was it. You know, um, I was raised on, on sci-fi, you know, and that's pretty much how I got into this obsession. So uh, I guess as you got older, um, how did you first find out that there was an actual UFO community? Um, how did you get involved with that at that point? So back in the 90s, uh, my father introduced me to a gentleman named Art Bell. <laughs> <laughs> okay. And that And uh, from there, um, you know, I, I've just always stayed in, stayed, you know, stayed following the topic and, and you know, and just, just thinking about that now, I go back a lot at night when I'm, when I'm going to sleep and I'll, I'll listen to old episodes of that show from the 90s. 
and and just think to myself, you know, wow, everything that they're talking about that they were doing and, and the things that were happening back then with investigations, with, you know, with the government and with this whole thing, same exact things happening now. It's just history repeating itself. Right. Absolutely. Um, I think it's a little more open now. I, you know, finally got the government to say some stuff, but besides that. Right, right, right. It, but I'm, I'm much... talking about people, you know, like metamaterials being tested and, you know, and, right. and all that stuff, you know. Absolutely. It's, yeah. So, uh, you know, you've been in, uh, you've been, in, you had a career in Hollywood or you still do for, for 20 years now. Um, so I'm guessing that kind of intertwined with the UFO, which uh, brought out a tear in the sky, right? So, in a way. Um, so I started in the music business. Um, I worked for uh, a bunch of different major record labels, a couple of small independent ones. And I also managed and tour managed bands. Um, and, you know, when, when that dried up, uh, when downloading got big, I didn't know what I was going to do. Um, and then just from, from living in Hollywood and knowing people, I got, I, you know, I met a bunch of people in the television community. Um, I had started booking Comic-Cons with a friend of mine who's got an agency. And we ended up getting a client named David O'Leary. And David O'Leary was the writer and producer of the show Project Blue Book. Okay. So I remember the day that she called me and she was like, oh, I, you know, I just met one of our, one of our clients, Ksenia Solo. She just got cast on the show called Project Blue Book. And right when she told me that, I was like, you're, you're kidding me. She didn't really know what it was, but I flipped out. She's like, why are you so excited about this? And I'm like, you have <laughs> no idea. And it was like two years later that the show finally came out. But anyway, so I was, I was talking to David and he wanted to do some appearances to promote Project Blue Book the first season. And he, was, he got booked for uh, Laughlin um, for, for the UFO Megacon. And I went out there with him and that's when I, in person, you know, I, I met like George Knapp, Jeremy Corbell, Kevin Day, you know, like all those guys. Um, and Kevin Day, it was his first appearance ever. And this was right after, you know, all that stuff came out with the Nimitz. Right. And we stayed in touch. I gave him my number and he called me one day and he was like, Hey, you know, I was wondering if you could help me out. Um, I'm getting bombarded by the media, you know, wanting to talk to me. Maybe you can see, you can help me with this. So I did. And we became very good friends. And uh, that's when um, Kevin started UAPX. And I became, became a member of that group. And I was handling the group's media and I was doing research. And through that group... <laughs> I started working in television to what I do now. Um, I started uh, just pretty much booking um, the guys on TV shows and that led to me consulting and now, now producing and development. Um, Terror in the Sky, originally I wanted to do a TV series oh, on okay. UAPX. And I had gotten a deal with Morgan Freeman and his company Revelations for, for a series but COVID hit and that went away. Ugh. So during this time of trying to figure out what to do, and it, and it wasn't all about a TV series. I wanted just to do the expedition. You know, I wanted right. to go out there and, and find these friggin' things. Absolutely. Yeah. So through a mutual friend, uh, my friend, Ben Hansen, 
um, Caroline Corey messaged me because she had spoke to Ben. She was looking to do her next movie. Ben suggested she talk to me and the rest is history. And, you know, that's how the movie got made, got started. Yeah, very good movie, by the way. You reached out to me to have me look at it. It was absolutely a great movie. I enjoyed it. Um, very good. Thanks, I highly man. recommend it to everybody, too. Um, so, I mean, that got, that was a big documentary. Um, people talked about it for a while. They're still talking about the movie. So, yeah. you know, yeah. congrats on that. You know, that's a big deal. <laughs> um, so are you working on, well, obviously you're working on other stuff now, um, but we had spoke about earlier, your friend Dina. Um, you kind of want to fill us in on what's going on now? Um, yeah, so I'm developing a, a couple of shows right now. Um, one of them is, uh, it's a paranormal UFO. It's kind of uh, an adult version of Scooby-Doo in real life. <laughs> it's the best way to describe it. And then the other one I'm working on with Dina, it's about experiencers, uh, abductees, contactees, and what has happened with their lives since their experience. Okay. Pretty much. Yeah, and um, I've been yeah. in contact with Dina, um, getting a lot of people together, which is great to be a part of bringing other people from the field together. I think that's one of the biggest and best things um, people can do. And Dina really has her head on really straight and really wants us to be right, which I respect fully. You know, I've heard that from other people that I've put her in touch with, and they're really excited about the project. So, you know, yeah, I, she's awesome. I, I met her through uh, through Grant Cameron. He introduced me. Okay. To her. Couple, couple years ago now yeah okay yeah he was just on the show kevin davis was on the show so it's a kind of small world getting us all together yeah. right now you know <laughs> pretty cool stuff um so uh, is that can you go into a little more detail of it or are you just or, or I, understand? I you know i really can't okay no problem yeah i mean you know i don't want to be that guy i get you <laughs> yeah yeah but uh, do you know when um do you, is there a timeline for it so the one, the parent, the Scooby-Doo one is being pitched to networks right now. And the the one that I'm doing with Dina, which is in its infancy, you know, we, we don't, we're not sure, you know, I mean, it's, it's just now getting, we're just starting casting, you know, and then, you know, the show it's, it's going to be developed and pitched, but it's not sold yet. So you know, hopefully it does. And then, you know, we have to, it's a, it's a big process. Right. I understand. You know? Absolutely. Yeah, absolutely. Um, so I guess, you know, this is, I like to ask this question to everybody, you know, have you had your own experience or sighting that, that, you know, has pushed you to do certain things in the field to get involved with it? Um, okay. So this is going to sound weird, but I don't know if the sighting I had, um, about, 15 years ago actually happened or not. Okay. Uh, I, I have a memory of seeing something in, in broad daylight and then going back to talk to my girlfriend at the time to tell her about it. And I don't know if that's, a, if that really happened. I lost contact with her. I'm dying to get a hold of her and say, Hey, do you remember me coming in the house and telling you this? But it, but that wasn't, I, I've never had anything major happened that got me into this um that was the only thing i remember until we filmed the movie and that's when i saw something that i can't explain i'm not saying it was alien i just don't know what it was could you kind of describe it uh, what did it look like yeah it's in the movie um it, it, i saw a couple of them um so the first one i saw was at dusk and it was 
like a white orb. It wasn't illuminated. I caught it from the corner of my eye and I saw it. It looked like a big white ball, but it wasn't illuminated flying oh. by. Then the, the major stuff that I caught in the film, which a couple of people have said was the uh, ISS, which totally was not. I'm sorry, but I was there. And, you know, people that were, you know, Chrissy Newton, the camera guy, Michael Hall, I've talked to all of them since this happened. They're like, yeah, there's no way that was the ISS. But that that was, uh, we saw a couple of different objects that were, you couldn't see with the naked eye, but when you put on night vision, you saw like this white pulsing orb. Okay. That was going, you know, like kind of, it was maybe, we were looking over, um, you know, the ocean from Catalina Island and these weren't in the atmosphere. They were like right, maybe like a hundred feet, 200 feet in the air from the ocean. Wow. So these were low. Yeah. They weren't helicopters. They weren't planes. And we were checking all that stuff in real time to make sure we weren't look. I mean, come on, we're going to friggin' uh, four people that are UFO researchers or, or whatever we are, are not going to first think, is that the ISS? That's the first go-to. Absolutely. You know, so for people to say that, it's <laughs> insulting. <laughs> Absolutely, yeah, it is. Um, so you, I, you know, I, I want, I'm for my opinion, I would like to know, like, what kind of uh, night vision do you prefer to use when you're out there in the field doing it? Is so, there a certain brand or certain kind? I'm trying, to, I'm trying to remember if it was Generation Two and Three or Three and Four. Okay. Um, but we had the regular. Oh, and and this was another thing that a lot of people, um, people might know by now because of all the interviews I did for the movie, but we were dropped off. Like, Okay, so you've seen the movie, so it'll be easy right. for you to understand. So you, you saw how we had the guys on Laguna, yes. and then we were on Catalina. Well, there was a mix-up mix in communication, and we were dropped off on Catalina Island with almost no equipment. All we had, was, like you saw what they had, we had two pairs of night vision, a pair of big eyes to binoculars and I think like one or two other small pairs of binoculars. We had nothing to record anything. Luckily we figured out we could record the night vision off of our phones or else we would have had nothing. Wow. <laughs> and that would have been really bad. Yeah. Yeah. So, you know, like I really wish and know See the thing is knowing now, if we do do another one, at least we know, what we did wrong the first time, if we would have gone out there with like actual equipment that could record things, it would have been a way different movie. It would have been a whole different movie. Oh, I'm sure. Yeah. It would have been so much better. But it was still good to, to deal. And then I know a lot of listeners, they love these sighting reports. So now they're hearing it, they're going to go watch the movie <laughs> if they haven't already. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So we had, we had, a, we had the monocular, which is, you know, the one, the one eye. Yes. For, for for the night vision. And then we had the regular pair. The monocular, I wasn't too crazy about. Um, but yeah, I mean, definitely, definitely worth worth it if someone's looking to get a pair. Um, you can go on, on probably on eBay and get a, get a decent pair. Yeah, that's, what, that's um, what But I'm, yeah, they're awesome. That's what they're I'm looking awesome. at now. That's the next piece of equipment I need. I got a brand new camera now. So I need that. Yeah, you vision. can always, if you wanted any suggestions, you can just message Dave Mason, you know, he'll tell you. Okay. Yeah, that'll be great. That's awesome. Um, yeah. So I seen um, in, in your uh, email, you also have what's called uh, Vasconite. 
Um, right. So no, Vasco, Vasco. Vasco okay. um, yeah, I handle their media and um, they are a company, not a company. They're, they're a group. It's almost, they're almost like SETI. They're looking for vanishing stars up in space. So not just vanishing stars, but I'm sorry, vanishing objects. Okay. So it's a totally different thing from, you know, from like what we did in Terror in the Sky. This is like, it, my, my opinion, my personal opinion is that I don't think what we're dealing with is from space. So, but I don't know that it's not. So, you know, it's cool to be associated with something that's more down to earth, literally doing the type of research and investigations that I've done here. And then also being associated with another organization that is looking in, in deep space. Right. So hopefully one of them is going to bite. You know? yeah, that, that well, hopefully would, one of them. That, that will, would be will great. Something will happen. Yeah. Yeah. I'm I'm a advocate for the planetary society, so we're constantly looking for stuff. You know, it's great. It's a good it's right, good right. to start paying attention yeah, to space I mean, too. Personally, I'm not looking up there. I'm looking more, you know, here. down here for something. Yeah, yeah. yeah. When I who first, knows? You know, it could be could be multiple things. Could be both. Oh, absolutely. Yeah. Uh, one of the first questions I ever asked Linda Moulton Howe, I said, you know, why are we spending so much money to try to look on other planets in space when we haven't even fully looked? and search the earth you know we haven't even looked right. under the water there's places on the or land just think about even... what what uh robert bigelow said in his 60 minutes interview it's like they're they're, you, they're here you know like you don't have to look in space they're already here right they're finding new stuff all the time archaeologists and people just walking through the woods or finding new structures and it's like we should be spending the money here it would be a lot cheaper and it's here already we ain't got to go send something to go grab something and bring it back you know um, i mean I, I'm, I'm convinced that after the research and, and doing that movie that whatever this thing is it's underwater you know like i think there's something out there underwater by catalina i'm convinced i agree i agree with that 100 because 70 percent, 80 percent of the oceans are unexplored and it's a perfect hiding place if you're going to hide here on earth you know yeah oh and the the newest project that isn't a tv project it possibly could be uh that i just got involved with is looking for missing flight 19 which was the uh, five uh, 1945 Avenger planes that disappeared in the Bermuda Triangle. Okay. And uh, they, the, the five planes disappeared, and then they sent down a rescue plane to find it. And that disappeared, right? And that disappeared. And I was invited by a team of paranormal investigators to do um, an investigation, uh, like a you know, ghost investigation, whatever, at this old city hall in Florida. And then after that, they contacted me, the leader of the group, and he and he said that you ever hear of he asked me, you know, ever hear of Flight 19? And I, I was like, of course, you know. And he said, well, I think I might know wh where one of the planes are. Hmm. Um, so so I went and I met with them um, Tuesday, and yeah, we're we're starting all this research, and we're gonna go out in the swamps. That's awesome, man. Yeah. That's great. That'll be interesting. Yeah. I think it's one of the most fascinating places on earth, you know, um, and we really don't know a lot about it. The only thing is I'm, I'm, you know, if I ever was offered to do research out there, I mean, what if they said, Hey, do you want to take a ride out in the boat and go into the triangle? Would you do that? Definitely. Yeah. <laughs> Definitely. Man, not, not even a little, a little uh, scared to do it or worried about it. 
No, not at all. Okay. Not at all. Okay. I mean, you know, like I've been in worse situations. <laughs> I hear you. <laughs> That's cool. That's cool. Um, so I guess uh, with your work, um, have you ever come across, I mean, working in Hollywood, have you ever come across any like good research or information that you haven't seen in the public's view? You mean, do I know things or have been told things that yeah, well, just working public? working in oh, Hollywood. Oh you... yeah, definitely, definitely. Uh, anything um, that you can share? Obviously, obviously, you can't or I can't believe everything that I hear. Right. Um, I mean, anything that. Okay, I I, I can tell you one story, and I, I actually I, I just told this for the first time, um, on a on a on a show in uh in London okay. two weeks ago, I think I told the story and I just got permission to tell it. Awesome. So, all right. So one of my good friends, his name's Terry Carter and he is a, uh, self-taught archeologist and treasure hunter. Um, he does tre the treasure hunting. He does. It's like, you know, all like the lost Dutchman, those type of big, big things. Okay. Um, and he is vice president of the Ancient American Historical Foundation, I think it's called. So I started watching his stuff on YouTube and we and I messaged him one day and we started talking and the dude was super cool. And I and I really wanted to learn more about what what he does. So when I was going out to um, Vegas for that thing to Megacom with David O'Leary and this, my buddy Terry lives in, in Utah, Salt okay. Lake city. I'm like, Hey man, I'm going to be out in Vegas, you know, Laughlin for this event. Maybe you want to come out and we can meet up. And he was like, he's like, Oh, well, I'm actually think I'm going to know people there. So I will go. And I thought to myself, how does this guy know who people there? He's not a <laughs> UFO guy, you know? Right. So we get out there and, um, Terry comes out and we're hanging out for a while. And then George Knapp comes up and my friend Terry's like, Oh, Hey George, how's it going? And I'm like, what the hell? This guy knows George. I'm like, so, and then he goes to George, do you remember me? Uh, I, I'm, I do research with he who shall not be named. And I'm like, what are they talking about? So I <laughs> asked him about it and he's like, well, I, I really can't tell you. And I was like, Oh, okay, whatever. So it turns out that he he was he's good friends with Brandon Fugel. Okay. Oh. He's been researching with Brandon since 2003. And this is before it was known that Brandon owned the ranch. Right. He hadn't come forward yet. And this is when Hunt for the Skinwalker had just come out. And nobody knew Brandon's name. Well, I mean, some people did, obviously. Anyway, so he couldn't tell me. So after it became public. I called my friend Terry and I'm like, dude, you, you know, so the, the, so the, the foundation, the historical foundation that Terry was VP of Brandon is the president of it. Wow. Yeah. So anyway, and there's a reason why I'm explaining this. It's kind of a long story, but it's worth it. So I get a call about a year ago from, from Terry. And he's like, I got to tell you what happened. I'm like, all right, tell me. He's like, I was at a treasure hunters convention. And I met this guy, this Filipino guy, barely speaks English. He lives in the Philippines. He gives me his card and he tells me that 
He's got a satellite system that can detect precious metals from a satellite. Hmm. So Terry was like, yeah, okay, whatever, sure, you know. It's like, well, so the Filipino guy tells Terry, give me some coordinates and I'll tell you if there's anything there as a test. Right. So Terry gives the guy coordinates and the guy's like, all right, I'll let you know what I find. So months go by and this guy is not getting back to Terry. Terry's emailing, texting, whatever. Finally, the guy texts Terry and goes, look, man, stop contacting me. Don't email me. Don't call me. Don't text me. Lose my information. He goes, whatever you had me put my satellite on, on those coordinates, every time I put the link there, it would knock me off of there and put me out into the Atlantic Ocean. Hmm. I'm sorry, Pacific Ocean. He said, I put, put, put the satellite on the coordinates. Boom, it knocked me off to the same spot in the Pacific Ocean. And he said, whatever is there, he goes, there's some big object underground. Wow. Okay. So guess where the coordinates were? Where was this? The ranch. Oh, man. How about that? <laughs> and this guy didn't know anything about the ranch, lives in the Philippines, barely speaks English. He's not home watching History Channel. Right. He had no idea where he was putting it. And it was Skinwalker Ranch. How about that? That's crazy. Yep. He said that there's something, there's some type of structure buried underground. Now that, that's what they were kind of getting at with the show, that something exactly, is underground. Dude, exactly. I freaked out. Because it was funny because I immediately called Brandon and then I ended up doing a couple of calls, a couple of um, conference calls with Eric Bard and Terry. And I would, after we hung up, I even said to Terry, I'm like, you know, you would think that they would have already put satellites out there. Yeah. Yes. And, and sure enough, like the next season, that's what they, that's what they did. They had already done it. <laughs> of course. So Eric right? couldn't say, you know, like, oh, we, we did that. Right. You know, because they're NDAs and stuff. But he did he did want to know about what, what this guy saw. And Terry could never get a hold of the guy. Figures. Eric wanted to talk to the Filipino guy. We could never get him again. He was scared off. Figures, right? Up. Figures. <laughs> so what I wanted to know was, what was the spot in the Pacific Ocean that it kept putting him out to? Yeah, that's that's a good that's a good question. Right. That's a real good question. To the same spot. Right. Huh. Why? I could see if it knocked them off and put them Canada the next time Florida, but right. keep putting it in the same spot in the Pacific Ocean. It's like, hmm. Well, let's let everybody think about that while we go to break, and when we come back, we can discuss that a little more. <laughs> That's a good question. Um, so we're going to get to take these commercial breaks, and we'll be back after. I'm absolutely honored to announce our new sponsor, Set Apart Farms. Set Apart Farms is helping veterans and their families find housing, get the therapy they need once they come back to civilian life, and help with their family healing. They also do so much more on the farms, helping them learn how to work with animals and helping with PTSD. If you'd like to go and see what they're about and give a donation, go to setapartfarms.org. They're the official sponsor of our show. 
UFO Encounters Worldwide would like to present K&P Expressive Events, which is an event planning company serving Philadelphia and the tri-state area. They host new, fun-themed events each month, so if you love music, art, anime, or even UFOs, keep checking for our events each month, and we hope to see you there soon. Check the UFO Encounters Worldwide website in the events section for new events monthly from K&P Expressive Events. UFO Encounters Worldwide wants to hear from you. Have an experience or a sighting you want to share? Contact your host, Jesse Peake, at ufoencountersworldwide at gmail.com today. UFO Encounters Worldwide has an official website for the podcast. You can go to ufoencountersworldwide.wordpress.com to go check out our website. There's articles on the UFO phenomenon. You could follow my travels, see where I've been, and what conferences are coming up. That's again, ufoencountersworldwide.wordpress.com. Looking for some new swag? UFO Encounters Worldwide now has an official swag store. You can go to storefrontier.com slash UFO Encounters Worldwide. It'll take you directly to our new swag store where you can get hoodies, sweatpants, t-shirts, and more. Also, we also sell brand new stickers and pins. Just DM me anytime and we'll get you all set up. Again, for the official swag store, that's storefrontier.com slash UFO Encounters Worldwide. This May is the MUFON PA Conference. I'll be speaking there with plenty of big-name UFO investigators and researchers. Get your tickets early for a special and even stay at the motel. There will be a free planetarium, free field investigator training, plus book signings, pictures, and more. I'll be there speaking and I hope to see you there. Remember, that's May for the Philadelphia MUFON Conference. Welcome back to the second half of UFO Encounters Worldwide, episode 71. Uh, we are sponsored by Set Apart Farms. Go check them out at setapartfarms.org. Uh, we're back with our special guest, David Altman. Um, while we were off, we were talking about this company called Hypergiant. Um, do you want to tell us a little bit about it and what they do? Yeah, so um, when UAPX first came, came to be... Um, MJ Benias had done a story uh, on, on the group and it got seen by a lot of people. And one of the people that reached out to me, uh, they're a company called Hypergiant. And they're, they're consultants. They're, you know, they, they have you know, a lot of government contracts. They, they work mainly in AI and uh, they're, 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 they're almost like a DARPA but not, but not for like lethal stuff, you know, okay. like they, yeah, they, they do a lot of stuff with, you know, like with satellites and, and just different, um, 
different different stuff for for meteor meteorology for government you know they're almost like a Lockheed or something like that but they're not they're not for for war now is this day. is this a government company or a civilian no 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 privately owned the owner's name is, is Ben Lamb okay so and the site it's hypergiant.com if anybody wants to check it out um anyway so he his PR person reached out to me and said, hey, you know, um, if there's anything you guys ever need that we could possibly help with, our, the owner of the company, the CEO, his name is Ben Lamb, and he's very interested in, in the UFO phenomenon. So I'm like, wow, okay, you know, um, and I started doing some research. And I forget, actually, I forget where it is on the site. But I had, uh, while looking at the, at the site, I, I saw, and maybe you could find it. On the bottom, it says like in little letters that their trademark or copy something is trademarked or copyrighted from them, and it says the date is July eighth, nineteen forty-seven. July fourth, nineteen forty-seven. Recently, recently declassified reports and analysis. It says uh, all data contained herein is exclusively property of. Let, let me stop you right there. Hypergiant. Okay, yeah. what is what does that date tell you? That's Roswell. Exactly. That freaked me out. How about that? <laughs> so I immediately contacted them and I was like, hey, so I saw this on your site. And I asked her, I asked the woman, Christina, about she had she didn't know anything about it. She's like, oh, you need to talk to uh, to Ben Ben about that. I don't know why that's there. I did. I did. I'm like, it has to do with Roswell. Definitely. So. We were trying to figure out, you know, like what they could do to help us with with the um, expedition. And we, we asked them for satellites and um, I had Kevin Knuth and I had gone back and forth with them uh, about using their satellites. And at the time, there was really nothing that their satellites can do that we couldn't already do ourselves, I guess. Right. Um, and it just ended up not doing anything with them. But it was, you know, very interesting that that came about, you know, and, you know, and the fact that that's on the site. I mean, if I didn't see that on there, I'd be like, ah, whatever, you know, who knows what their reasons are for contacting us. But to me, it definitely shows that that the owner of that company knows something about something. Yeah, absolutely. To be a specific date like that in that year. Absolutely. Yeah. I yeah. couldn't agree more. <laughs> this is we really interesting. I'm going to have to check this whole website out when we're done here. <laughs> yeah, I'm telling you. Definitely. That's hypergiant.com for everybody again. Oh, <laughs> pretty cool stuff right there. Yeah. yeah. So um, what do you think about this 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 UFO report, man? Do you think it's ever really going to come out? Do you think we're going to get it? What do you think? Does it matter? I don't think it matters at all. I think <laughs> we already know the truth. We know what's going on. It's well, just I mean, for... Look, look, look what happened when the, when the last one came out. Yeah, a lot of shit, a lot of stuff happened. <laughs> I mean, you know, I, I thought well, it was. You know what I mean? Like, it didn't, it, like, it didn't give us anything. No, it didn't. No. You know. um, it was just basically confirmation, you know, which I was kind of happy about, you know, because people that aren't into the field are like, look at the kind of work you're doing, you know, all this kind of stuff. And it's like, well, now the government's saying this stuff is true. So what do you got to say about that now, you know? Well, they'll say it's true for a week and then they'll backpedal and then they'll. Yeah, that's you know. true. 
don't know. I just think it's interesting. Everyone has been it's been trending like crazy on Twitter, and people are talking about it. But like like I said, I I I know the truth. I know what's going on. I think most people that are have been in the field researching this stuff for decades know well, that this is a real thing. Okay, let's 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 back up on that one. Like, I don't think anybody knows what's really going on. No, we don't know. What, no, <laughs> I, yeah, I, but I, I we know, know they're we know they're here. We know that something's happening. Yeah, yeah, something. That's what I mean by that. Yeah, I, I know kind of. Um, but yeah. Um, so any other big projects that you're thinking about doing in the future? Um, another one that I did some stuff on, which should hopefully be out soon as I, I worked on one for Steven Spielberg, um, and his company, Amble Entertainment. Um, it's called Encounters. It's going to be a series on Netflix uh, and good. Diana Pasolka. Okay. Consult. Yeah, I got her on there. She's a consultant. And yeah, that's coming. I mean, I would think it's going to be soon. I know they just wrapped up um, some interviews. So uh, that's good. That'll be interesting to see. Yeah. Because uh, Netflix hasn't really done anything in a while. So that'll be pretty cool to see. And I do have that. So that'll be interesting. Um, yeah. So it's uh, Boardwalk, Boardwalk and Amblin Entertainment. But it's through, I mean, I never got to talk to Spielberg or anything like that, you know, but that's cool. It's like the same thing when I worked on the J.J. Abrams thing. People automatically are like, what was J.J. Abrams like? And I'm like, I never <laughs> talked to the guy. He probably doesn't even know I exist. Work through emails and paperwork, right? <laughs> Phone calls. That's not through him, through his producers. <laughs> right, exactly. That's what I mean. Yeah. <laughs> so who are, some, who are some of the people that you're really paying attention to in the field right now? Um, that are doing good work that you think are onto something that might God, be I able hate this to question <laughs> because right when I say somebody a name, they'll end up doing something really stupid. No, nah, you're not going to jinx them here. Yeah. <laughs> um, I'm getting into a lot of the more, um, I shouldn't say getting into, I've been into, um, more of people like Joshua Cutchin, who is a, an author. He writes a lot about the Fae and about he's it's almost like he almost writes about the 2022 2023 passport to magonia like he he his okay his newest book it's called um ecology of the soul i believe it is i'm he's gonna kill me if i say it wrong <laughs> but he, he compares he has a, a a two two volume book that talks about the connection between death and abductions, UFOs and aliens. Um, example would be how Whitley Strieber and his wife, Anne would say, and they would talk a lot about how, oh yeah, there's a story or, or I had this experience, I'm on a ship and my dead grandmother was there. Um, so he goes from that angle and then compares that and the UFO experience to NDEs and to um you know um what's i'm so tired what am i thinking of <laughs> um ndes and just just all, all all sorts of you know near-death experiences and and reincarnation and all that stuff you and know? everything that's similar to each one like paralysis sometimes right like, right okay. right yeah how people that you know have a near-death experience that you know they're like oh i was taken into a light and i saw my family members there well that happens in a lot of ufo abductions as well yeah you know absolutely um and then he also him and my buddy tim renner 
put out a couple years ago another two big two volume um where did the foot where where the footprints end and it talks all about uh bigfoot and all of the weirdness that people don't like to talk about with all these bigfoot cases going back to like the 1700s to now okay you know are you falls of light you know that type of stuff and are you, you know, a fan of uh, uh david politis missing 411 oh, of course yeah what, what what are some of the thoughts on that? Do you, do you think Bigfoot's involved with that stuff? Do you think it's just high strangeness portals? Do you have any I idea? Mean, like what? Just your opinion. You know, not my not... opinion was it's kind of changed because at the beginning he's like, I'm never going to say what I think it is. I know, I know. And now it's like the UFO connection. <laughs> it's like what? Yeah, I don't know. I, I mean, just I saw the movie. Right. The I movie. thought it was great. I, I mean, thought, I liked yeah. it. I loved that. I loved that case with that guy. That, who, yeah, he walks. He's, and, he's... That's, and that's another. Oh. Dude, the first person I contacted when I saw that case with that old guy was Josh Cutchin because he wrote a book called Trojan Feast, and it's all about how you shouldn't take food or drink from any of these entities, whether it be fairy, you know, fey, Bigfoot, aliens. Never take any food from them. And what did this guy do? He took two pills. That the that the entity gave him, you know, you're never okay. And this has a lot to do with the stuff that David Pilates writes about when he talks about boulder fields yeah. and granite. Yes, he's talking about the Fey. Okay, fairy bushes. That's the Fey. All those legends go back to the to the Fey and the fairies, oh. where the kids are out picking berries and they disappear, and you know, and and they come back and. Or they say, oh, I went in and the fairy offered me a piece of cake. And then, you know, they disappeared for 40 years. Like, all sorts of weird stuff. Yeah, it's interesting. Some of his, his contact points about, you know, the same similarities that happen in these cases. You know, how, the, how they're you with. Know, there are the debunkers out there that will go, oh, he's cherry picking his data. But unless you've actually looked and done all that data, looked for that data yourself, you can't really say that. You know, no, like, no, not at all. They might have. I mean, only thing that they can do is they can they can go and, and look up maybe one of the famous cases and try and track it down. But it's like what you know. They never say what he cherry picked. They just say, "Oh, he cherry picked it." Okay, what? What did he cherry pick? Right, yeah. right. I thought. I mean, everything that I saw in the first movie, I thought was extremely well done, um, and the way they explained it was extremely well done. Uh, the information, the people they interviewed, the friends. Um, it's just crazy how some people can just disappear without a trace like that. Um, speaking there, there was... speaking of this, so you saw the first one. So you know about um, Jan Maccabee? Um, she's 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 the one that filmed the, the Glimmer Man, the Predator. Okay. Yes, you know when she was sitting up in her in her tree hut. Yes. Right. So recently, I heard that. Jan Maccabee is okay. She's married to Bruce Maccabee, right? Okay, Bruce Maccabee was worked for the CIA. He he is a um, what's his he what's his exact title? It's like um, optical physicist. Something so like that. yeah, so he you know he was the guy like on all the shows on Fox in the nineties, right? That when they had like a UFO video or picture, he was the guy that that looked at all the stuff. He worked with Bigelow and Nids and all that stuff. He's been around. Uh, I believe he was also part of the legendary Avery. So the story goes that 
in the 70s, Bruce McAbee was given a copy, an original copy of the Patterson-Gimlin Bigfoot film, the Patty film. Okay. Okay. And just recently, Jan was cleaning out the attic and she came across a canister and was like, Bruce, what is this film? And he's like, well, I don't know. And they brought it out. And it was a, that film that was given to them by one of Ivan T. Sanderson. Ivan T. Sanderson was the original guy who, who coined the term cryptozoology. He's the OG of, of crypto. So one of, the, one of his guys gave Bruce an original copy of the film. So they found the film in the attic. They didn't know what it was. They put it on the projector and they watched it. And it's an extended cut of the film. And at the end of the film, it shows a baby. Really? Yeah. So I eat, I message Bruce. I'm like, hey, Bruce, you know, what? what's up with this? Is this true? And he didn't say no. He said, I can't talk about it right now. How did you, I mean, did someone leak this out or did he put this out? Somebody else said it. Huh. And I immediately, the second I heard that, contacted Bruce. So do you think that whatever she saw in that wood in the woods that day is something has to do with Bruce himself rather than I mean, I mean who knows you know I don't I don't think so um, because of the fact that there was a UFO sighting in the same area that day at right. a school yep um, I mean it's possible you know maybe something was I mean who the hell knows could be you know but uh, yeah, it's pretty crazy. And the crazy thing is that Bruce isn't the one who spotted it in the film. It was his wife. You know, you're, you're, you're watching a movie with your optical physicist husband and you spot something <laughs> in the film, he doesn't. And it's right. a friggin' Bigfoot. That's crazy. Yeah, it's supposed, to be, it's supposed to be a baby Bigfoot sitting by a tree. Huh. That's and it's one of, it's And it's one of like the first generation copies of the film. I'll have to look into that. Hopefully, that'd, that'd be great if something came out with the film. <laughs> so... From what I've learned, somebody is doing a documentary on Bruce, and they're going to release it in that. Oh, that would be great. That would be awesome. So we'll see. Yeah. Um, the other case that really, really took me into this missing 401 stuff is the guy that went to go to the cache to get some more supplies because he forgot stuff. And, oh, you uh, mean him and his friend? Yeah, and he went he, by himself. Yeah, it was him and his friend, and the friend was there with his dog, and the guy went or something. Yeah, and they found little traces of his of his stuff as he walked, and the last trace was him maybe 100 feet from a house, and his bones. Like, he just died. Like, he went through a portal in time, and then, you know, something crazy. It looked like someone sat down, had a cup of coffee, and then never left, you know? And along the way, they found his boots. They found, uh, you know, cont- uh, wrappers for something. Uh, someone made a campfire. You know, it was crazy. And then just to disappear like that. I don't know, man. It's scary. Yeah. And then the guy that walked in the woods, they were I, hunting. Anybody that watches that stuff and then would actually go out there is just something's wrong with them. Well, that's why I asked you earlier if you <laughs> if you felt that way about the Bermuda Triangle because that's yeah the Bermuda Triangle is different than you know getting ripped apart by some friggin' monster you know and <laughs> some invisible monster in the in the park. Yeah, that's true. I think I think my biggest fear of <clears throat> if I have like the biggest fear for me of a way to die would be to be killed by a grizzly bear. 
Like that is my biggest fear for a shark. Okay. You know, like just yeah, sharks. Alive. Sharks are definitely not my thing. I, I hate them. I had a dream the other night about them. <laughs> oh, <laughs> Can't stand God. them, and I don't want to drown or be burnt to death. You know, drowning. You know. No, but a being attacked by a grizzly bear and like buried alive, still alive, <laughs> it comes back later and eats you. Yeah. Ugh. Yeah. Absolutely. No thanks. It's like some of the abductions that are going on now, you know, people having these marks on their body and things done to them, you know. It, it, but dude, it's... like how, okay, let me ask you this question. Okay, so when was the last time you heard of an abduction case where it's like they took me at night, you know, they did all these crazy experiments to me and they chipped me and they put, or they put an implant in me and it's ruined my life and I don't know what to do. Like you don't hear that anymore. That's because people aren't coming out in the open with it. Oh, dude. The thing is, like, an example being, you know, I'm, I was looking for people for a show with people that have had negative effects. And you, I, there's nobody that has come out and said, oh, my experience was bad. All you're getting, I mean, except for, like, you know, cases that go back to, like, Terry Lovelace or, you know, 70s, 80s, whatever, maybe early 90s. But you don't hear about those bad – all I'm hearing is, like, love and light. If you're a part, you know, I'll tell you right now, if you're a part of the MUFON ERT, you will hear them cases, and I've heard a lot of them. Um, it's just people are scared to come out and talk about it on a public platform because they don't want the repercussions. I'm not, I'm not talking about, and I get that. I mean, people that even have positive experiences might not want to talk about a public you know, platform. Right. But I'm just talking in general. I, I personally haven't heard of any horror experiences lately. No, I don't. Mm. I don't. I have, publicly, no, not at all. I mean, I've had people come and, and I had I had photographs. Or, or let me even say privately, because I've had this conversation with other people in the community, and they're like, "Yeah, I really don't I haven't heard anybody, you know, that like had their baby or their you know fetus taken or that kind of horror horror story stuff." Right. Yeah, I interviewed somebody that had that happen. Um, they're on here as well, um, but then I've also had someone that has shown me the. The, the physical effects on their body, the markings, the, and then it's the physical it's, effects without a doubt. I mean, shit, John Burroughs, you know, he'll tell you that. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. I've been looking for cases that are the real good UFO sightings with evidence, man, because that's what I don't hear anymore. Are, are I don't hear all? Nobody. <laughs> like, I mean, it was happening for every, like back in the day, there was a bunch of different big cases that we know about, but it's like, when was the last time it's been the nineties, you know? I mean, before that, I mean, probably. I mean, you talk about just landing traces, or are you talking about like the molten metal falling? Like, what do you mean? Yeah, I mean, I mean, metals, landing traces. So here's a, here's a question for George Knapp, if you're listening, George. What happened to the materials that you brought back from Russia? We oh want to know. God, that's a great question. That's a great question. Because uh, he went to Russia in the 90s and he brought back materials and we haven't heard anything since i remember that that was that from that crash in that mountain well, that that's what it was from right so it it wasn't your all, all i remember is it wasn't like your typical metals it was some kind of weird melted stuff okay. um and it wasn't it wasn't like okay we're gonna get a tested we'll let you know he literally on the radio was like yeah we have we have materials from Russia, and I never heard anything ever again. Like you'd hear about arts parts, right? But you, yeah. Oh, and let me tell you this story. This is kind of interesting. 
So back in 97, it was the 50th anniversary of Roswell. And they had a big event in, in Roswell. And this was when um, my friend Paul David, he's a director and producer. He, he, he did the TV movie or the Showtime movie Roswell okay. on the Roswell Fresh. That had like, you know, Kyle McLaughlin was like the star. It was, you know, the big show movie. Yeah. So they were promoting the movie and he teamed up with Daryl Sims and another um, type of, you know, physicists from back then. I don't, I don't remember his name, but he was like a, a how put off kind of guy, you know, like he knew what he was doing and they were going to do a press conference at the event to say, here it is. Here's the physical evidence. We've got it. And it was the same stuff that were that, you know, the magnesium, you know, that whole thing again. Um, the same, pretty much the same stuff they're saying now, you know, that was in the metamaterials. Right. And at the last minute, Daryl Sims canceled the press conference and he never gave a reason why huh so it's like was he threatened was did they was it a hoax were the material stolen so now we have a question for daryl sims and george knapp how about that we need answers both of you, <laughs> both of you we need answers on these materials that we had <laughs> in the 90s that yeah. we never heard anything about afterwards that would be great it helped farther the field and we'd actually get an understanding if it's real material you know absolutely um so do you want to tell everybody where they can uh, follow you at david and uh where they can see your work at all that kind of stuff uh, yeah, so Twitter, it's David H. Altman. Uh, Facebook, David Henry Altman. Instagram, David Henry Altman. Um, yeah, just follow there or whatever, and you'll see when I'm releasing stuff, you know, films, TV stuff, whatever. Awesome, awesome. Well, I want to thank you for coming on today. Uh, it's been a sure, great man. conversation. I think we hit a lot of different topics. <laughs> so Yeah, I'm like that. I can talk about this stuff for days. Hey, me too, bro. That's why I do the show, <laughs> you know? Yep. So thank you for coming on today, and I appreciate Thanks your time. Um, I want to thank everybody for listening, and please go check out our new event section on the website uh, for new monthly events by KP Expressive Events. Um, and uh, we'll be back next week with another episode of UFO Encounters Worldwide. Remember to keep your eyes in the sky. Well, I want to thank our special guest, David Altman, for coming on today and sharing his information and research into the field of ufology. Next week, we have Thomas Thompson, who is the CEO of Zero Digital Designs. He's an experiencer, and he's in the process of making a brand new documentary on the Fort Dix encounter, something I've been very open to and even wrote an article on my website. If you want to go over and check it out, this way you can kind of get an idea of what the documentary is going to be about and what it's going to bring. Um, also, a reminder, Check out our sponsor, Set Apart Farms. They're helping veterans and their families with housing, therapy, and so much more. Also, one more announcement, we have a brand new event section on the website where I'll be posting new monthly events every month. So be sure to go over to the website and check that out monthly. And I'm sure there'll be some great things that you'll want to go and check out. So until next time, remember to keep your eyes in the sky. <laughs>